Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, everybody. We just want to give you a heads up before diving into this episode that we are going to be discussing themes of suicide. If this is not something that's safe for you to listen to, that's totally fine. Take care of yourselves and tune in next time. We'll be right here waiting for you. With that, enjoy the episode. Thanks, y'all. Take care of yourselves. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Ultra Hope Girls, a Rampa podcast. We are super psyched today to dive into episode two, both of the um, future arc and the despair arc. We'll be talking about episode two of each of those arcs of the Danganronpa 3 anime today. Just a heads up before we begin that this episode will spoil through episode two, future and despair arcs, Danganronpa 3. We are so excited to dive in today. And without further ado, I'm Maddie. I'm Marin. And I'm Caroline. And we're the Ultra Hope Girls. One, two. Welcome to the Danganronpa podcast. You're on the threshold of an amazing episode. Well, first initial thoughts, I am not okay after this episode. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not okay. (laughs) It ends on on a really sad note and a scary one. Yeah, a reality where this anime can just roll in and rip our favorite characters away from us. That is just, that is mean of it. That is not nice. Oh, yeah. I will never forgive, never forgive the creators of Danganronpa for taking Hina from us like she's just too good I I just I can't like after I watched this episode I literally sat in the corner and like it was the first time I watched it and like wasn't okay for like a solid five minutes yeah I think it also leads into a lot of questions did someone get into the room like how how did this happen was the great Gozu lying about being fans of them is Makoto evil <laughs> no, that, not that. I mean, one. that's. The, I think that's the most realistic option. Yeah, your wife who has being a, evil. Yeah, your <laughs> wife who has a dark side. Ooh. Mm. Yeah, yeah, Caroline, you better. You might want to watch out for that. Um, <laughs> I not for one second ever believed that it was Great Gosu. I trust him with my life. I worship him. He, no, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> i respect the great gosu i trust the great gosu i just I, it can't be him i just that was the only thing going through my head i was like there's no way it's not it's it couldn't be makoto and it couldn't be the great gosu right i was like oh but like how would she have done that i don't know I don't know. I also I have a note that says, uh, okay, but hear me out. Great Gozu is a combination of Taka and Mondo. Yes, I was thinking the exact same thing because yeah. he put his coat over Cheese's body. <gasps> Mondo does. Oh my gosh, I yeah. didn't even make that connection. Oh what? Yeah, I was thinking like ultimate moral compass, you know, but also very strong and kind of has a foul mouth throughout. Right, but also just like he he's a lot less like Mondo kind of com- comes across as mean and needlessly aggressive, whereas this guy seems to like not be very mean. He he's just fighting for the like fighting for his right to pose. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, but you know, he, yeah. <laughs> I have a fun fact about Great Gozu. Are you ready for this? I don't know if you guys are ready for this. I'm not um, sure I'm ready for it. <laughs> so I have been watching the Japanese anime so the subtitled version and great gozu's voice sounded a little bit familiar to me so i looked it up because i had an inkling and it turns out i was right my suspicion was correct great gozu 
and All Might from My Hero Academia are the same voice. I knew you were going to say that before you said it. I was curious like, if I, it was going to be Endeavor, um, but just because they're both so- very, like, you know, grr, men. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Endeavor shares a voice with Nekomaru, right? I think, or is that just the, it might be the English version. I'm not sure the, about the, the Japanese version, dub. but definitely English, yeah. Wait, Caroline, did you? Patrick Seitz is in- Endeavor? Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure, yeah. Whoa, I didn't know that. Let me look that up just to make sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 we'll confirm. Um, Caroline, did you do you mean that, like, you knew I was going to say that, as in you knew that they had the same voice actor? No, I just had a feeling. I was, like, thinking, like, what other anime character would have a similar sounding voice? And I literally thought All Might. Like, I'm not kidding. I'm not lying. Yeah, no. yeah, yeah. No, because it is. It's like, I oh, my God. The whole time Great Gozi was talking to, like, Makoto, I was, I just kept expecting to hear, like, Midoriya Shonen! <laughs> I could hear it in him. It was oh, it's so good. He is my hero. Or I was gonna say he is my hero academia. He is endeavor. I have another note about like the talking about like who killed Hina mm-hmm. kind of thing. <laughs> Brb. Okay, no, I sorry. I just needed a moment. Mm-hmm. I'm good now. To me, in this scenario, it was just completely obvious that somebody was framing Makoto because like the. Monokuma kind of planted the seed with this like the, with his video when he was explaining the killing game beforehand where he was like "Ooh, like you should kill attacker person you should kill the most like you should get rid of the traitor like you should kill the most suspicious person or whatever I don't know exactly if that was like Monokuma trying to appeal to the traitor to kill someone or to appeal to just someone to to kill someone but like Monokuma showed an animation of Makoto getting killed by the like Mm. attacker and so that was kind of the seed that was planted and everyone was like suspicious of him so I felt like you know maybe Munakata was like oh well maybe Makoto's gonna get killed or something but then when Makoto doesn't get killed all the suspicion goes back to him especially because it was Hina that oh obviously since Makoto wasn't the first person to get killed like he's the killer and to me that was just such an obvious like whoever the actual killer is, was, like, framing Makoto. Like, I'm thinking back to, like, Town of Salem. I was a bit of an expert of, in, in Town of Salem in my time. For <laughs> Marin's laughing at me. I have For a those... note about Town of Salem, too. <laughs> yes! Yes! <laughs> it's like, but it's literally, like, I mean, it's for anyone who doesn't know what that is, it's just, like, a web-based kind of mafia game. And so it's such a basic tactic, right? If you are the mafia... And someone you know is an innocent townsperson is getting, like, sussed by everyone. Everyone thinks this one person is, like, evil, but you know that they're not. You do not kill that person. Like, you keep them alive because you need the scapegoat, right? Like, that's, it, to me, that's kind of an obvious tactic. And so, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. So in that animation, um, I don't think Makoto was killed by the attacker. I think they had Makoto killed by the group as a whole. Like, they animated makoto getting singled out by the entire group ah so like the mob kind <laughs> yeah, of yeah exactly which i think gotcha. also leads directly into your point i think that it you know ends up being the same message but yeah there's definitely uh, i don't know everyone is really suspicious of makoto except for uh kizakura who thinks that it's uh gecko gahara that is the guy who's the uh, talent scout, Caroline, hat. with the hat. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yes, yes that's yeah. right. I remember because he pointed to the to Gekko Gahara. Yeah, yeah, he's like, call it a hunch and points to her, which at the end of this, of the, um, at the end of the episode with the four in the room and Hina dead, like, I was like, maybe it is Gekko Gahara. I was like, she she's the only other person who has suspicion on her in that original meeting with the finger pointing. Yeah. So I'd like to correct one thing you said, Marin. Please. When you said that Kizakura is the only one who, like, wasn't singling out Makoto and, you know, was sus of him. Great Gosu also <laughs> did not single Makoto out. Because yes! Great Gosu is a good person. He is a great person because he's Great Gosu. He's a good man. Yep. <laughs> I do have a question as far as how the attacker thing works. So in the animation, it was kind of implied that like the traitor was the only one to wake up, but is it someone random every time or do we know that yet? 
I think we don't know. I think that he freezes the person. He says, the attacker wakes up at night. And he says, so if you haven't figured it out yet, there's a traitor among you. But they there could be multiple. Right. And also that those two things don't necessarily mean the same thing. Exactly. Right. Right. Like the, I think the implication is that the traitor is the one working with the remnants of despair, but the attacker might not necessarily be the traitor. I felt like the initial implication was that, oh, there's a traitor in our midst. There's an attacker who's with the remnants of despair. But you're right in that I don't think they're necessarily the same person. Hmm. Unless it's like, like you said, it's like random each time, like Monokuma gives a random person a chance to kill someone like wakes them up and says hey you feel like killing someone today (laughs) yeah it definitely could be a possibility but I don't know that I see it as much because of all of the people who pointed at Makoto in that scene like I think that if it was a random attacker every day I think Makoto would have been dead you know night night one Mm. or day two I guess technically yeah because they would have probably gone for the person who they thought was the traitor right right yeah yeah that's why i think that i i i hear you i agree with you i think it's one person because of i think they're framing makoto on purpose by targeting hina so i think that kind of really relates to the title of the episode as a whole hang the witch um because it refers to the salem witch trials uh where like innocent women um i don't know if there were any men involved really being murdered no. there some but were it wasn't like a couple mostly women <laughs> i'm gonna stick yeah. with women yeah um where innocent women were hung with the idea that they were causing o- uh, other people in the village to have like fits like almost hysteria and it kind of makes me think that in this scenario makoto is the witch and he is innocent but he is being treated as if he is causing hysteria or even despair to infiltrate the group you know and so i i personally thought that that's why they picked hang the witch as the title but i was curious if you guys had any other thoughts so it's interesting you say that and then hina is the one who gets killed because makoto i mean at the end of the day makoto is a man and we've made many comparisons to hina and makoto as like having similar personalities they do differ in very essential ways but like you know he and hina is the one who who gets hung quote unquote um at the end of the episode so i i wonder if it's necessarily like maybe they were trying to make Makoto like fess up by killing one of his closest friends or, you know, something like that. But yeah, it is, is the, the gender roles thing does kind of play a role at the end of the episode with that title. Right. Right. It's interesting. Yeah, definitely. Cause it is a, it is a gendered kind of thing. Although there was, I remember, I don't remember all the details, but like, I know there was at least one man who was executed in the um witch trials by like and they dropped a bunch of stones on him or whatever i don't remember what his name was yeah it was primarily women you know and even with that word that i said hysteria the origin of that word is gendered which is really strange and and cool and weird but um maybe not cool it's not cool um (laughs) (laughs) but um it's definitely weird it it's because hyster in latin means uterus And back in ye olden days, uh, they thought that if a woman was acting differently or if they just wanted to insult her because they didn't always have to have a good reason to be mean to women, um, they would say that her uterus was up in her brain, giving her hysteria. And so it was like the reason why a woman was acting weird, quote unquote. And that's pretty horrible. That's not true. And that's not how the body works. And uh, yeah, it just led to perpetual sexism for for many, many years, centuries. Yes. I remember the first day that I learned about that. And I learned that that's what hysterectomy means. And it like means uterus because like hysterectomy, if you get a hysterectomy, you're getting your uterus taken out. I was mind blown when I learned that. So another thing that's sort of new to this killing game is the forbidden action on your bracelet, um, which in we have kind of seen takes the place of emotive, which I think is kind of interesting. Um, I mean, like the motive is that they're all, this is among us. I mean, like right now, like this is among us. They don't need motive to kill each other because they're all suspicious of each other, which I think shows the cracks in the future foundation itself, which I'm sure we'll see more of, you know, as the series goes on. But yeah, I just thought it was interesting. And I, I love 
the idea of this because it, it, it creates a lot of opportunity for strategy and for like, you know, like that kind of thing. And, and, you know, immediately Makoto shows Hina his forbidden action, which shows that he immediately trusts her, you know, um, and like also going off of that for a second, it, like right before Hina dies, you know, they have a conversation about how like, you know, oh, well, it's different this time because we have each other and we know we can trust each other. And I do believe that. I do believe that the three of them like aren't going to betray each other because they have the whole first game behind, under their belts that kind of proves that. But um, and they're right. It is different. But also, are those alliances worse because, they, you know, it's kind of like Survivor you know, where well, Survivor's not killing, you know, but voting off the island, like, it's like they already have alliances going in. So is it almost worse that that's the case? Or is it better? You know, you know, depend, and it depends on how you look at it. I think strategically, it's a different answer than emotionally, like emotionally, it's good to know you have friends. But you know, yeah, so about the bracelets, I was curious, do you think that they are personalized to the wearer? Or do you think that it was just kind of slap the bracelets on and go for it? Um, because like having Makoto unable to run, that feels very targeted. Or like having Bandai have one that is very likely to go off. Um, and we don't know much about him. We don't care too, too much about his character. Like, is that purposeful? Or do you think it's random? I think it's purposeful. I think it's definitely purposeful. And um, I'm very curious to find out what Kyoko's forbidden action is because there's one tiny scene where she looks at her bracelet and she kind of like her eyes widen like, oh no. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what that is. Mm -hmm. I feel like my initial answer is yes, that they are like, you know, purposefully given, but I don't know any of the others. I only have two to, to look at. So I need a wider pool, but yeah, it is interesting that Bandai's bracelet is, like, it is a character that we don't care about, and it's a character that is most likely, based on what I know about him, like, to not initiate the violence, but to be the one watching the violence, not being part of it, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. Kind of going off, Maddie, what you said, one other character looks at their bracelet in kind of, like, a moment of, like, not panic, but just, like, ugh, um, and it is Munakata. Oh, okay. As Makoto is like running away and he like chucks the sword and like, I, I don't know. I just like, I think that they've put two of the most intelligent characters with like that moment of what does their bracelet do, which kind of reminds me of almost like a chess game. Like they're thinking like, what's their next strategy? How can they like use this to their advantage or other people's bracelets to their advantage? And I like that, that little aspect of it. Okay. So Bandai, his bracelet, it's witnessing violence from any participant, he dies. I understand the idea of not sharing what your bracelet says with the other participants, but I feel like that one would have been a really good one to share. Like, like what is the benefit to keeping that to yourself unless someone was then going to target you? I think that arguably there wasn't enough time between them getting the bracelets and everything that happened for him to be able to share it. So I, I think it was kind of one of those instances, okay. though I do hear what you're saying um, with that. But also it could be like, oh, well, you will die witnessing violence. Like, all right, pew, pew, pew. Like, I don't know. I mean, it could be a disadvantage in the end. True. Right? Like, but if someone did that, everyone would know that they were the traitor. Right. No, you're right. You know, like That's a good point. And also, why didn't he close his eyes or turn around? <laughs> True. <laughs> like, I was like, buddy, like, you it deserve did, it, better. <laughs> yeah, it did happen so fast, though. I mean, Ryota runs in and is like, hey, violence against women is bad. I think that's like the actual <laughs> quote that he says. And then, <laughs> oh, was it Juso? Yeah. Juso is, is like, well, you're right. Violence against women is wrong. So I'll punch you instead. And then he just like immediately kind of surprise punches him in the stomach. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know if anyone really saw that coming. I have a note that literally says this series is men fighting physically because they can't talk about their feelings. <laughs> <laughs> and it's true. Oh my goodness. So I mean, I don't know if that'll continue, but that's just the vibe I got was like this toxic masculine idea of like, they're like, oh man, let's, let's fight about our, like, Bruh. and it's like, guys, if you just like talked it out, like maybe this would be solved. I also 
feel like there are some questionable decisions made by some of the male characters here. And one of them especially is Munakata, in my opinion. I am sorry, Marin. I'm not a fan of him. <laughs> I am not a Munakata fan. I, I just, the moment when Munakata tells Makoto that he should kill himself, like if he truly desires hope, I was like, excuse me? Like, A, what would that accomplish? B, like, don't say that to people. But also, later on, when Munakata literally, <laughs> I have this written as a note in all caps, when he literally says, everyone point to who you think the killer is. Like, this is a game of, like, froggy murderer or something. <laughs> like, I was like, sir, are you serious? Are you serious? <laughs> like, how is that the way to resolve this? And then it's like, okay, most people are pointing to Makoto. Let's kill him. Like, what? <laughs> Maddie, that is the best way to describe what happened. Like, okay, can I just comment on that and say, like, I, okay, I don't like Munakata either. And I know double standard, I'm in love with Byakuya, but I don't like Munakata. Okay, sorry, everyone. But in Japanese culture, like ritual suicide is more of an honorable thing than like like you like That's seppuku true. you know what i'm talking about right 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 so so that could be a factor as well like it could be one of those instances where that is a cultural difference from us the american viewer watching a japanese mm-hmm. medium you know yeah story. i think it might also be an element of like makoto stands for hope he's supposed to be the ultimate hope despair has now risen and like has taken hold and so makoto in a sense has failed in his mission to like instill hope and so maybe that like ritual is like a form of remorse or something for that i yeah i hear what you're i hear what you're saying but that that was a crazy thing that's actually where my town of salem reference comes in um because in town of salem i stream town of salem sometimes i haven't in a while but i love town of salem and there's always people who want to random vote someone and it never works. It is the dumbest tactic. It's like, oh, let's just kill off number four. Like, oh, well, if we're wrong, we'll keep going. And then you end up killing like your doctor or your town investigator. And it's like, well, (laughs) guess we've lost folks. And he's like, it works all the time. I was like, buddy, no. (laughs) Like, oh man. (laughs) I actually have a note that says, Munakata is pretty crazy, am I right? But mostly pretty. <laughs> He's oh, good right. with the sword. I will say. He's good with the sword. He is. I don't and also like that him. sword is kind of like a lightsaber. Because it it, is. it's like he pulls it out and it's kind of like, vroom, and, and then it's there. Like, um, <laughs> what is that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I do have a note about last analysis episode. We talked about like, medium versus the message and like why this message was given in a anime versus a game and one thing i thought of actually watching this time was that the other games are from one character's perspective whereas this time we're getting a third person omniscient expect perspective almost where we're seeing a bunch of different people's stories and there's not like one protagonist specifically like makoto we know is like our protagonist but you know he's on screen not the entire episode like we're seeing other conversations private conversations between other people um and so that is definitely something i'm keeping in mind moving forward as to why why is that the case why are we seeing people who aren't makoto and his friends having private conversations with each other and and even we'll get to the despair arc in a a second but like even that like you know right now it feels like chisa's the protagonist even though hajime is in the despair arc you know what i mean i mean yeah yeah So something interesting to note is uh, Ruruka and Sonosuke are talking in a hallway and they both voted for Makoto when they did the pointing fingers thing of who are you most suspicious of. But when the when they've like divided off into different groups, the two of them are talking and they're like, it, we're, it, it was Seiko. Like, we all know that, right? Like, both of us were on the same page and they're like, yeah, of course it is. Like, um, she's betrayed us once. And once you betray your friends, it's easy to do it again. And I was like, oh my goodness. One, why did you vote for Makoto if you didn't think it was Makoto? And Two, like, what did Seiko do to, like, have such a violent reaction against her? I I think that's something to just keep an eye out for for future episodes. 
I think the biggest reason why they voted, they pointed at Makoto if they didn't actually think it was him was literally just like social conformity. It's literally like the mob mentality being in the group kind of just going with whatever everyone else is doing. That's and real. That is, yeah. That's why those things don't work. You can't just like gang up on somebody and town of Salem like, commentary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Literally. Oh man. This entire episode is a is a town of Salem. Maybe, it's a town of Salem commentary. Maybe it's, that's it's what we should call it is town of Salem. The episode. I <laughs> 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 can't. Oh my gosh. Back to the conversation about forbidden actions for a second. I have a note here that literally just said, for Makoto's forbidden action is running in the halls. Taka's return. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. It's like, I, I cracked up at that. And also Hina's piggyback ride. Like of Makoto, it's so cute. But also there's a scene where it's a little bit like implied sexual and that I hated. I did not yeah. enjoy that at all. Um, so I have, my last note says, Gekugahara. Uh, her alter ego is Usami, which I thought was very interesting. And so she is also said to be the like creator of the New World program. So I don't know, just something to think about, you know, like like going forward is is that like we've seen Usami before in, in Monomi now and what that means about her. I'm just curious to learn more about her. Right. Yeah. That yeah. was actually my same note. My last one was that we get to meet Beta Usami. Um, <laughs> so we'll see where that goes yeah there was some interesting commentary from juzo near the end uh with munakata and he says i know what hope looks like and i'll be damned if yuki zome's murder goes unavenged we don't really know the relationships between each person in the trio of yuki zome Ju- uh, juzo and chiza but that made me wonder if juzo liked yuki zome like if she's always liked uh munakata and juzo's always liked her and they kind of have maybe this love triangle i i don't know it was just like to have such a strong stance on her death and be like i'm not letting that go unavenged yes he's an angry man but like it just felt strong even for him and i was like huh i'm interested to see where this goes i actually agree with you i actually thought i suspected that juzo might um have some interest in Yuki Sume and maybe was maybe there was some jealousy there with Munakata because it seems like the three of them are all friends but I definitely thought that that was a possibility too all right everybody we want to know what do you think of this episode of the future arc let us know by leaving us a voicemail at anchor.fm or by heading us up on social media we're ultra hope girls podcast pretty much everywhere and if you like what you're listening to today make sure you leave a five-star review on apple podcast it means the world to us And we'll be right back after the break. Hello, everybody. Caroline here with a pretty exciting announcement. So... I, separate from the other Ultra Hope girls, am offering some online virtual classes in things such as writing, because, you know, I'm the ultimate literary girl, and performing, and also some clubs and classes virtually via my own school, which I founded, called The Spilling Ink School. You can check that out at thespillinginkschool.com. I'm offering tutoring and college essays. I'm offering, you know, piano classes and all that jazz. So definitely check it out. It's a good time. And I will also be offering some clubs and classes that are Danganronpa related via OutSchool. So I'll keep the links all in the description. They are for people under 18. So ask your parents before checking it out. But yeah, I'm excited to potentially have some listeners in my classes. And I wanted to let you know that that's going on. So thanks so much in advance for checking it out. And I look forward to teaching some of you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I have less notes for despair because, you know, it it is really just a very wholesome little gang out here, except I, we do need to discuss the end of the, the second half of the episode 
Um, but let's start with the first half. <laughs> let's. Yeah. So let's. <laughs> I have two just like comments. So we have a reference to the super high school level pharmacist, which is Seiko, who we have met in the other series, which I, I love, like when there's like a reference like between, oh, I'm obsessed with that. And we also meet Tengen in this iteration. Um, He makes his first appearance and we'll probably talk about this, but he basically is implying like Hajime is deciding to be a part of something or not, which I, I think can be implied. Yeah. yeah. He's a I mean, like that's, I mean, I feel like we all kind of know that, but yeah, definitely very interesting to see, to see those, hear about those folks um, in this series. Speaking of references, Kizakura is in, in the beginning, he's talking with Chiza and he says, um, basically like, I'm doing my recruiting stuff and I found this gambler who's never lost. And I would be willing to bet that that is our gal, Celeste, my waifu. (laughs) Indeed. (laughs) Yeah. At one point in this episode, They talk about expanding Hope Speak Academy overseas. And so I had the thought. I was just a little bit curious. I went to Google Maps and I searched Hope Speak Academy because I was like, you know, that's like a reasonable name for a school, right? Like there's a good chance that there's a real school out there named Hope Speak Academy, maybe even in the US of A where we reside. And so I looked it up and like uh, the first thing I saw on Google Maps is there is a quote-unquote Hope Speak Academy for gifted individuals in Washington, D.C. And when you click on it, it opens the official Danganronpa website. And the address listed is the White House for that Google Maps entry. What? (laughs) That is crazy. (laughs) And then there are like, there are so many Hope Speak Academies on Google Maps. I spent like half an hour scouring the internet to see if like any of them were actually real. And as far as I could tell, not a single one was. But like, it, you know, it was just like people listing random schools as Hope Speak Academy when really it's like Jones Elementary or something. But like <laughs> one, one address was literally just somebody's house. Like it literally showed just like a house in a neighborhood. Um, but the Google reviews are hilarious. They are so funny. It is all Dong and Rapa fans in the Google reviews, like going along with it. One of them says like five stars. I got executed here. I still recommend it though. The food was great. Like stuff like that. It's just oh my so gosh. funny. That's so funny. <laughs> I love this fandom. Thank you all to anyone who's ever done that before for providing <laughs> us <with> joy. <laughs> So we see Mahiru talking to Chiza really quick before like a lunch break or something. And she says basically like she's packed her own lunch because like she's going to go hang out with the reserve kids. And that was just a moment that I really appreciated Mahiru for, not because the reserve kids are any less than the kids who are in Hope's Peak traditionally, but they are definitely viewed that way by society. And so even though they are equal in real life, they aren't viewed that way, but Mahiru doesn't care. And I think that that speaks volumes to her level of just like, it's her good nature. Like I I really, really like Mahiru. I think Caroline said this in our last episode, but liking Mahiru a lot better in this anime than in uh, game two. And this was one of those moments where I was like, yes, like I completely agree. I think, I think she's a really cool person and she doesn't care what people think. Like, oh yeah, just big (laughs) fan of that. Yeah, Yeah, I agree. I think I agree with that. I know. I feel like they did a lot better of a job characterizing her in this anime because in the game, I mean, I've played her free time events too. And like, it's not like she's like a bad character, like very middle of the road for me personally. But like, I I just feel like the anime brings her so much depth, which I can't say for basically many others in the crew of the SDR2 characters. I mean, we'll, we'll talk about it as it comes, but you know, yeah. There's a quote that um, Tengen says to Hajime that really resonated with me and he says changing the fabric of who you are is not to be done on a whim there's no shame in normalcy and I really loved that I, I you know because I remember this is such a specific memory but in our high school it was a tradition that the seniors in our theater department would give senior speeches and one senior in particular gave a speech about how you know the the like phrase like oh like don't change like be yourself or whatever is kind of bad advice because like if you want to change you should have every 
like opportunity to change who you are, which I think is true. However, if as long as that's motivated by even more purely being who you are, then changing like for other people's expectations. Does that make sense? Like there's a fine line. Like it's like, yes, better yourself to be better for yourself, but like don't change if that's what society wants. And like, this is definitely like a case like where I can tell that Tengen is just warning Hajime, like don't change because you want to be better for others. Like change because you want to be better for yourself because your identity is so important to you. And if you tear that all away, it just goes away, you know, so... I actually had a note about that quote because I didn't think it was so like obvious about what his intentions were. I had a question of like, why do you think Tengen said that? Because he says there's no shame in normalcy. And then he laughs a little bit. Like he's like, there's no shame in normalcy. Ha ha. And I'm like, I got weird vibes. And I was like, what, why, why did he put it that way? Like, I was like, is he trying to manipulate Hajime into being like, you know, there's no shame in normalcy, but you and I both know that there is. And, you know, if you can change, why not? Or I was wondering, is Tengen himself normal? Because we don't know if Tengen has a talent and he is in this position of immense power over people who are quote unquote talented, like in this program. And so maybe he's saying, I am not talented and you don't need talent to succeed. Or maybe he's being more like manipulative and being like, you don't have to be winky face, but we both know you want to. That is really interesting that you say that because from my end, watching the Japanese version of the anime, I got the completely opposite vibe. I, to me, it seemed like he was absolutely trying to warn Hajime away from doing it. And so it's just interesting. I think like, even what you said with like the small, the little like laugh or whatever, like maybe some small kind of voice acting choices that maybe sent that different kind of message. Cause you watched the English dub, right? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's really interesting. So I also watched the English dub and I interpreted it as, you know, like more of like a, awkward like casual laugh not like a like <laughs> but like you want to be bad right <laughs> that's not you know but you know what i mean um so i had the opposite of, i had the same interpretation of maddie but watched the same version as you mm-hmm. so i think it'll be interesting to watch tangan in future episodes and see how his actions in those episodes relate to this conversation you know like see if there's answers right. in the future yeah. No, you're so right. That's so true. Like context of like knowing more about him because right. we don't know a lot yet. Right, right. Yeah. So Chiaki, you know, is ch- chatting with uh, Yuki Zome and she's like, hey, like find a way to like bring everyone together with like games. And so she and she does. And I have a note here that that says like, one, this is adorable. And two, this is such a, an our generation thing of like bonding over like video games because I feel like you know, like we would go over to our friends' houses when we were little and our parents would be like, why have you been playing Mario Kart for two hours? Like, don't you want to talk to each other? But like, this is like what, like what bonds us in our generation, like is our playing these online games. And I thought this was just a really cute callback to that. And and the games themselves are like references to other games, um, which I think is really cute. (laughs) The Mario Kart reference really got me like that. I was like, "Mm, yes. Um, But yeah, I just love that. When Ibuki falls off the, the like bridge and she like gets picked up by the cloud and like puts back on the track, I'm like, that's me. That's been me so many times in Mario yes. Kart. Like <laughs> I have that they were playing Smash and then Mario Party and then Mario Kart. And I was obsessed. I think Mario Party was surprisingly my favorite because of Nagito's gameplay. Like he rolled a 60 <laughs> everyone was like what he was like i guess my luck hasn't run out i love love that little guy that was really funny my note about that scene um is that when nekomaru and gundam are like dueling in smash bros i'm like foreshadowing Hmm? Hmm? oh Oh my gosh and nekomaru's character is a robot it has like a wind up like robot thing attached. <gasps> You're right. You're right. Yep. Wow, we're too smart for our own good. <laughs> <laughs> Big brain, wrinkle brain <laughs> moment. 
My next note is the aphrodisiac scene. Yep. <laughs> Mine is as well. And that's my pretty, I have like a longer, like I have several notes actually about that scene, but those are my last, I don't have any notes about anything else. I only have one note from this scene and it is a quote. It is, you gotta fight the sexy soup. That <laughs> I didn't I didn't know what else to say about this scene, so I thought I would summarize it <laughs> with that one quote. Yeah. Yeah, this scene is very weird. And I remember the first time I watched it, I was like, why? Like what? Why did th- was this a thing? I still don't have an answer for that. If you were wanting that, I don't have an answer. I just <laughs> And I, I think, though, that it is very interesting that it would be expected that Tara Taro would be the one to, like, do that to everyone. But it's Hiyoko who does yeah. it because she's the, you know, little troublemaker, little stinker. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. But also it's interesting because I was thinking about this. If Tara Taro was the one that did it, we'd all be like, God, that perv. He's the worst. Like, But Hiyoko did it. And I don't feel that. And maybe that's wrong of me that I that I don't feel that way you know what I mean I do I do feel yeah. that way I'm like Hyoko come on that's gross that's wrong. like yeah, so yeah, wrong. yeah I don't feel that way because I don't think Hyoko knew that it was that like she's like look I poured one of your things in here and he's like oh no like that was the aphrodisiac true. and she's that's like true oh well really yeah oh okay because I thought she totally knew it, I don't think she did yeah mm, actually okay just okay. because of his reaction, I don't think that she did. Um, gotcha. And also earlier, she sees what it does to Akane, and so she just assumes that it's going to do the same thing to... Okay, yeah. Mm. Oh, like when Akane's like on steroids right. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. But anyway, this scene is a big reason why I ship Peko and Mikan. <laughs> <laughs> like casually. Like I don't actively ship those two, but like... I literally, when this happened, I was like, huh, I've never thought of that pairing before, but I totally see it. (laughs) (laughs) I was kind of uncomfortable watching this scene. Um, I'm probably not the only one who felt that way. I was just like, yeah, this is, uh, this is really weird. Um, This is like one of those moments where I like, I'm sitting and like, watching this and I have to look over my shoulder and make sure no one is like seeing what I'm watching because they'll be judging me um because <laughs> I'm like worried about that um but like I will say mad respect for Fuyuhiko in this scene because he sees that like Kazuichi's like going for Sonia and our little baby gangsta steps in and is like no 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 fam like you're not doing this right now and like stops him and um yeah and then the 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 punch that Chiaki lays to Teruteru yeah, mad respect for Chiaki and Fuyuhiko in this scene. This scene was a little weird to watch because canonically these people are in high school mm-hmm. when this is yeah. happening. And that that is a little bit, yeah, a little weird. Yeah. I think the two parts that made me most uncomfortable were Teru Teru. That was weird. Didn't like that. Very inappropriate. And then the fact that Chiza was affected. They didn't show her doing anything that would have been incredibly, incredibly wrong and probably would have made me stop watching the show because that's just not okay. However, the fact that they even put her in a scenario where that was possible made me very uncomfortable. I thought that that was a mistake in that scene, you know, like they, they could have, I mean, that scene was a big question mark from the start, but they could have had her not eat the stew. I'm sure she could have come up with a reason. And yeah, there's just was something weird. about it. I was like, guys. Yeah, it's like the teacher being part of that. Like, yeah, like, first of all, they're minors. So this shouldn't even be like something that was written, right. first of all. But like, also the teacher being part of the experience. It's just like wrong. Yeah. One thing that I did think was interesting about the scene, again, not correct, or should have gone about this way. But like, we saw pairings that I had not, again, like not thought of, like Mikan and Peko, I would have never thought to like even consider that pair as a as a ship option like and now i was like and that sparks like a hmm maybe romantically they would work out or like whatever um but like again this is just like not the way to go about that and and it like nekumaru and akane like we have always questioned are they romantically involved are they not it's like well maybe but also again could have gone about it a different way so yeah there it's just like i will also say like one thing that we've complained about um 
over the course of playing and watching is the lack of representation in the relationships and the fact that this was where we had to see like caroline you're saying like mikan and and peko like this was where we had to see an example of that like it, it was disappointing honestly it was yeah just disappointing that that was where it had to be like did they need to kind of force this love potion on people to portray stuff like that right in this heightened sexualized way right right exactly like, like could it what if it was like a love potion like from harry potter or something where it was just like yeah. not sexual but it was like love like infatuation or something like exactly. that like that right. would have even made the difference yeah yeah there are things that we hate and the things that we love and this is oh, yes. a great example of that yeah. Yeah. yeah no i do think that i kind of feel like this scene was just in there as like for laughs mm -hmm. it doesn't really right. seem to serve much of a purpose but i just don't think it was in very good taste in some ways like yeah i agree with you caroline it could have easily have just been a non-sexual like love potion and then then it would have been fine but i'd like yeah, to it did make me a little uncomfy i'd like to nominate the title fight the soup for this episode i just no you've already you've already nominated the title um town of salem oh that's true i nominate both I, of them i like town fight of salem, the soup. parentheses fight the soup <laughs> Like like song titles, yeah. you know, when they can't choose one. <laughs> so good. <laughs> All right, I'm putting that in Dong and Rose, boys. <laughs> um, I have one final note, and it is that Nagito throughout the soup scene, um, is not like interested in anyone around him. He is sitting in the corner talking about hope, <laughs> and so I that made me wonder, Ace Nagito, potentially possibly but i definitely don't think he's aero because as we learn he loves hajime so <laughs> my last note is just that chiaki is voted the class representative and so we see that you know she is like loved by her classmates appreciated by them and yeah it's just kind of nice to see i don't know women in gaming yeah <laughs> <laughs> taking a leadership role which is yeah. not super expected from her but even based on what i saw from like the game but i think sometimes it's those people that make the best leaders mm -hmm. absolutely yeah yeah i read a really interesting article recently actually for my psychology of the workplace class about how um in some ways introverts can be um more effective leaders and it was like very very interesting i'm trying to remember that I, I don't remember all the details from the article but i think it talked more about how like sometimes extroverts can be much more like go 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 task oriented like kind of fast paced getting things done like at a higher rate but like introverts can sometimes be step back and like slow down and like think through things a little bit more and end up like encouraging more thoughtfulness from the people they work with as well and yeah, it was interesting. Interesting thoughts. As a like, just last comment, and this is like, I made this note in the last two minutes of the episode, but it is very, a very interesting stylistic choice that the reserve course students are all in blue. And I'm curious as to how that will play a role artistically in the future of this series. Um, I don't have much to say about it now, but just to comment on that and see where it'll go. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it also yeah. reminds me of a bunch of the people in ultra despair girls like a bunch of the random adults like in the mob and in the underground and like on the street and that kind of thing mm -hmm. right right yeah they're kind of the nobodies almost like really it's like a statement on saying that they are the nobodies yeah that's right. how society views them it's like yeah. an insult yeah they're not even yeah. worth a character design like is basically yeah. <laughs> what the, they're saying and that that's painful i don't mean to hear to say like i yeah all right, folks, so today for Amended Bed, Wed, Behead, we are going to be going through the characters Asahina, Bandai, and Munakata. For what they will be doing, I have Create a Cookbook Together, including testing all the recipes to perfection. Mine is to who you, who you would want to write a biography for. Oh, wow. Okay. Ooh. Mine is who would you want to face off with in a rap battle? Oh, I am ready. Okay. <laughs> Here we go. All right. So I would create a cookbook with Bandai. He is a farmer. And so he would have access to the best ingredients on the planet. You know, even if our recipes weren't great, his ingredients would make up for it. 
Um, I would write a biography of Asahina. Her life is incredibly interesting. And by definition, I would be creating Danganronpa by writing her biography um, in a weird way. <laughs> and yeah. thirdly, um, I would face off in a rap battle with Munakata. Um, we would just be going ham, you know, spitting bars, and perhaps we'd fall in love by the end. I don't know. Perhaps. <laughs> Just a thought I have. <laughs> I'm ready. Okay. And I will start with the rap battle, who I would pick for Bandai, because I personally am not very good at like rap battles or anything where I have to come up with something like right on the spot. And I think the only person worse than that at that would be Bandai. And so that would be a guaranteed win for myself. Um, that's such a so, strong defense. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, honestly. And then um, I would want to write a biography for Munakata because I think that that would be a very, very interesting biography. And also maybe potentially, like, if I got to know him better, I might like him better, you know, and, and like, understand his life a little bit more. Um, and I would, I would want to make a cookbook and like spend a lot of time with Asahina because it would be so much fun. We would like throw flour at each other and it'd be really cute. And we would like bake little cupcakes and like, how fun would that be? We would spend hours together and it'd be so cute. And I would love it. That's so cute. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think all three of us had slightly different answers um, because I, so I would also um, make the cookbook with Hina I think that would be such a fun time. I think we would just, you know, be vibing and she loves sweets as much as I do. So we definitely work on some like, you know, baked goods, recipes and stuff. I just think it would be a great time. I think I would write a biography for Bandai because I feel like of the three characters, I know the least about him. And so it might be most interesting to, um, you know, write a biography and learn about his life. Um, and then for Munakata, I would face off with in a rap battle, and I know I would probably lose, but I, I, I'd be very curious to hear that man spit some bars. Like, I feel like he <laughs> definitely has, like, a hidden talent. I could absolutely see him just slaying in a rap battle, and I kind of just want to hear it, you know? All right, listeners, we want to know. Who would you want to face off in a rap battle? Leave us a message at anchor.fm or tweet at us at Ultra Hope Girls Podcast. We are Ultra Hope Girls Podcast also on all social media, so give us a follow if you have the time. And if you like what you're listening to today, the best way to support us is to just give us a five-star review and tell your friends. It means the world to us, and we love you all. You're so great. And if you would like to have more Ultra Hope Girls content, we have a Patreon where we post episodes on the off weeks that we do not post on Apple and Spotify. And so you can check out our bonus episodes. We have a lot of really cool stuff on there. I do Danganronpa the musical, not to like hype myself up or anything, but if you're a musical theater fan, you might want to check that out. It's pretty cool. And yeah, it's very fun. Uh, And you can join a Discord server with all of us. It's pretty rad. But yeah, that's it for today, folks. And I hope you all have a great couple of weeks and we will see you soon. Bye. Bye.